This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. You're listening to The Love in My Show on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM all the way from uh, Dunedin, South Island. Um, It is Monday the 18th of October, 6.13pm and we have tuned in just a little bit late but... um, you know, we're really glad to be here and it's going to be a good show. Uh, for me personally, I am happy to be back in the studio. I think it's been about uh, six months of um, leave of absence for me, but um, I'm excited to be in the show today and I'm not alone. Um, your girl Mela is here. Mela, uh, welcome. Thank you. It's nice to be back with you in the studio. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been in here with a couple of guests, um, also with yep. our sister Ratu, who's busy today. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, shout out to Ratu, who um, is unable to be with us uh, today. But, um, you know, hopefully you're making time of it and actually doing something productive. Um <laughs> Uh, what have you been up to, Mela? Like, I know you've been, like, we're both pretty much involved in a lot of things, but, um, yeah, like, what, what's what been happening? How have the shows been? I've been keeping in tune, but, um, you know, I know it's been been mm-hmm. different and we've been having a lot of different people in and out of the shows. So what's been up? Nothing. I think it's just been about trying to stay consistent and trying to stay relevant um although it hasn't been as easy as it sounds mm. um yeah also just trying to keep up and on top of life yeah yeah i think the last couple of months for the both of us has been quite overwhelming so just being able to balance that has been like of top priority really mm. just finding balance in life um and it's funny because the show actually contributes to 
finding that balance and it's it's more of a stress relief than an actual like thing that you're like oh man i have to go do this yeah so it's nice to be back and it's nice to catch up with you too i haven't seen you in it's been a while <laughs> yeah it, it's actually been uh just a couple of weeks but mm-hmm. because we're so used to being in, in so many different <laughs> circles together i think yeah. that's why it feels like it's mm-hmm. been uh forever so um just before we get into it i do want to kind of just flag to everyone that's tuning in right now that um today we're going to have a courageous conversation about vaccinations COVID-19 vaccinations and it's not really about debating uh political issues but it's just about unpacking some of that discussion uh for our young people that's tuning in and I did um share something on Facebook where I invited a lot of you to um you know just drop some questions and even if it's some hard questions um about this whole debacle with the COVID-19 vaccinations Mm -hmm. and and let's see if we can um have a have a good productive discussion about that and you know you're quite lucky this evening because you got two of the most opinionated um (laughs) presenters you know uh that are on the show right Mm -hmm. now so we're not saying that what we discussed today is is the go we're not saying that um you know yeah, well, we're not trying to um, say what is right and what is wrong. It's just really about having that courageous conversation because at the end of the day, we're all humans and we just want to live our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's what this is about instead of having um, arguments online or, you know, TikTok, passive-aggressive <laughs> TikToks. We're not about that on the love in my show but in saying that you know what it is uh ratu is not here with us so taking the news uh for today will be our girl miller i'll hand it over to you oh wow it's my turn already okay mm-hmm. well our first news um let's start with some sports news because i think this is pretty interesting yep. david fusitua is leaving the warriors to join leeds in super league which I think is super interesting. It's the team that, um, for those of you who don't know, Goni Harrell plays for. Yep. So I'm just wondering, Goni, are you just recruiting all the Tongans, the MMT team, to come play for you? Are yep. you trying to be the best in the world? Because, um, but yeah, <coughs> um, the 27-year-old has, who only played the first five games of the 2021 NRL season, yep. had asked the Warriors if he could talk to other clubs, even though he's contracted with them until the end of 2023. Yeah. Um, but it looks like those conversations has um, actually been, yeah, those conversations have benefited him because now he's set to leave the Warriors and join Leeds, yeah. which is in um, the UK. So, mm. yeah, all the best with that. Um, as long as you can still play for Tonga, I think all will be good. Yeah, I think that's all <laughs> anyone probably cares yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, in other news, um, there are 60 new community cases of COVID in our country today, um, the Ministry of Health reports. And in a statement, it said that there are 57 cases in Auckland and three in the Waikato. The Ministry also confirmed that on Saturday, the Super Saturday, which for those of you who don't know, I really hope you did know, but um, it was the day that people all across the country just really went hard to try and get a lot of people vaccinated. During that time, 130,000 people were given a dose of the, of the Pfizer vaccine. Um, that included 39,000 of the first dose and 90,000 of the second dose, which yeah. is pretty impressive. Um, yeah. 
In Saturn news, earlier this year, the LGBTQAI advocate Boligale Pokefu was murdered by Inoke Silongo F. Tonga, who's 27. Last week, Inoke Tonga escaped the death penalty on Monday when the Lord Chief Justice Witten convicted and sentenced him after the murder at the beach in Tatakamatonga. The court was told Donga admitted to the police he had killed Boligale Pokefu after they went to buy a bottle of spirits. Um, Donga was a meth addict, brought up in a broken family, and had been sniffing benzene, the court heard. None of the evidence brought up in court was enough for Donga to get the toughest punishment allowed under, under Tongan law, the death penalty, which is hanging by the neck. The defendant's early guilty plea and had... The defendant had... Um, yeah, so the early guilty plea that he pleaded and his history of no previous convictions and his family making an apology with customary reparations to Kefu's family were considered by Mr. Witten before sentencing him to life imprisonment. And our last news story for today, which is somewhat controversial, but more like a what's happening, Tonga. Mm-hmm. The Prime Minister's party... Is the Prime Minister's party still functioning? So the PAC name is mi- currently missing from the Cabinet Minister's campaign literature. So the PAC is Bati Aikakai, which pretty much means the party of the people. Um, the Prime Minister currently released his campaign banner and it didn't have his party um, logo on it, which is really interesting because two of the members of his party have announced that they're going to run as independent. So does that mean that the current Prime Minister of Donga in the next election will also run as an independent stay tuned to find out and that's our news for today mm, some very interesting um news pieces that you've brought mm-hmm. to the table um Mella. let's just go back a bit and um talk about the the vaccination supervax yep. clinics that's been happening so um I, myself and a few other friends, we have a little bit of, um, we're doing a little bit of uh, kaupapa around uh, the vaccination stuff and okay. um, some of the reporting that came back, man, the Tongans, you know, and I'm only mentioning this because it's a Tongan radio show and we're, we're all about advocating for our people here, but the Tongans like completely smashed the stats um, oh, wow. over the weekend. Yep, so... Um, compared to the rest of the country and relative to each ethnicity's population, uh, Tonga was sitting at about 6.1% uh, okay. pop, um, vaccinated. vaccinated, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but uh, the average that others were sitting on was like the highest was around 4.1. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. I didn't think it was that high. And that's across. Um, Pacific and non-Pacific. Mm-hmm. So they break down ethnicities and non-Pacific yeah. areas as well. And the Tongans, like, man, if I could show you the graph, eh, like, we just... Oh, wow. Um, I would really be interested in seeing that. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably share a bit of that stuff on our um, Facebook page. Cool. But um, I think what's happening right now, which is partly why we're having our discussion around the uh, COVID-19 vaccinations, is that we're coming into the period where, um, you know, it's going to start to flatline the yeah. amount of um, uptake in vaccinations. And because it's flatlining, the, the issue is that it's flatlining and that we are trying to get to 95%. Okay. Percent. Yeah. But we're still... So where are we now? Um, I actually Have didn't tune like into the... Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Population-wise, yeah. Um, but we we need to get to 95 And I think, you know, 
overall population wise we all know we've been tuning into Jacinda's updates and stuff okay. but uh, the thing that uh, the work that I'm involved in is more around like equitable okay, equitable uh, vaccination rates and like making sure that our Pacific is on par with, with it everyone else yeah mm-hmm. and then our Tongan also yes. right um, because yeah, I suppose those of you who, you know, just to give you guys some context, we don't actually make up even 10% of the population mm-hmm. yeah. in New Zealand. And so, unfortunately, if New Zealand reaches the 95%, it, there is potential that Māori and Pacific, like whether we're vaccinated or not, mm-hmm. New Zealand can arrive at a point where they open everything up. Yeah. But mm-hmm. our, even if our communities are not protected, yeah. and so what that means is that um, although everyone else is protected, but the ones who still who who don't have the vaccine, mm-hmm. um, you know, if it's Māori and Pacific, we will, will our communities will be impacted. Um, but that's just um, a little um, woohoo that I wanted to bring <laughs> up on the show is that the Tongans. Uh, did extremely well over the uh, weekend and what's happening is there are going to be two two more events um, actually I think three okay. I'm lying I'm three so you've got the MMT2 Okay. So those of you who um MMT two, do you want to elaborate? Because yeah, so when I hear MMT, I hear festival. I hear like oh, you would think, okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So MMT two. So what happened was uh, Tongans were doing so good with vaccinations uh, earlier this year, and so what uh, a collective of Tongan people did was they uh, developed the um, MMT. MMT, um, they didn't develop the brand, they actually wrote on the rugby league yeah. um, movement and what they've done is they they ran a mass vaccination pop-up clinic okay. um, over in Auckland and just invited any Tongan yeah. who resonated with Tongans come and get vaccinated and non-Tongans as well and then it was such a massive effort, like 4,000 approximately mm-hmm. turned up on the day to get vaccinated at this uh, MMT okay. um, spot, right? So what they're doing now is they're doing a part two. Okay. Um, MMT uh, two, mm-hmm. um, but instead of mate ma'atonga, they've chosen the words malui ma'atonga. Oh, wow. So, I like that. Um, yeah, protect. Mm-hmm. For Tonga, so yes. um, that's going to be the theme, and it's happening this weekend. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. at uh, the forgive me because the venue has completely slipped my mind, but I'll pull it up for promotion a bit later on. But it is at the same venue. Cool. Um, Thank you. The I- Wesleyan Centre Church. Ah, uh, okay. In Auckland. Okay, cool. Yep. So that's going to be happening this Labor weekend. True. Um, they're going to hit it with uh, the providers Langi Malie mm-hmm. and the West Funnel. Okay. Yep, uh, which is pretty cool. And for those of you who don't know, the West Funnel is actually uh, led by an Otago alumni, Tevita Funaki. Um, so he's up, up there doing some work. And so that's the first one. And then following that will be the Gotcha Shop. Gotcha shot docs uh, pop up. <laughs> I have seen clinics. those ads. Yep, yep. So that's <coughs> run by a youth collector from the okay. Rangifonua, um Aotearoa group. Mm-hmm. So the Methodist yes. um, collectives. So they, they've been leading the Gotcha shot docs and that will follow. And then after that, there is um, going to be another 
uh, Tongan event which will come to follow and it's mm-hmm. all just basically about picking up um, as many people to encouraging them to get vaccinated um, but I think you know the important thing to note here is that you know not everyone is comfortable to get vaccinated yeah and I think that's the whole purpose of having these conversations yes these conversations and then it's very important that vaccination clinics are open ongoing right because yeah but we'll have that discussion a bit later but yes um Woohoo, go Donga, keep it going. Um, I love it. I love the energy. I've seen so many posts, yep. so it's and great. The fact that a lot of them actually went in to go get vaccinated to yeah. Malu'i Matonga yeah. is actually quite impressive. Um, yeah. Like I, my extended family group chat, so this is like my grandma's siblings yeah. and all their children and grandchildren have been going off about like, go get vaccinated. It's just so great to see. Yep, yep. And I think now we are heading, what's the most interesting is we are going to head into a period where the incentives won't be as much Mm -hmm. as the ones before. And then we're going to truly see where the passion sits. Yeah, yeah, I know. So it's it's interesting, exciting stuff, um, but we'll talk a little bit about a little bit more about it after this but I think um, now is probably a good time to start off um, our first song for the evening so um, I was trying to be careful and go look at what songs you guys have played (laughs) in the past and what you haven't played um, just so that I'm not duplicating but um, hopefully this is a good one sorry I'm just having some technical um, it's fine honestly like if you know my music taste it's very little so and my music knowledge of Tongan music in itself so if anyone has any requests please send through because yeah literally this was one that um I came across during my uh leave of absence so I was cracking up because um while I was away um on leave I was asked to do some um, Instagram takeovers. I remember that. Yep, I had to take some Instagram. I had to do some Instagram takeovers, and then people were requesting certain TikToks for me to do. And this was actually one of them. Ah. And so I'm going to hit you guys with... um, Let me just make sure I got the name right. Ki Tahine Whaka'i by Jay Kula. Um, it's actually quite a good song, and it's okay. like, have you heard it? I don't think I've you heard, haven't it. heard no. it. Well, get ready, girl. You's about to listen to it. So this mm-hmm. is Jake Ola with um, Kita Hine Fakai, and if my mouse can just get onto the <laughs> play button, sweet.
welcome back to the Love of My Show on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM all the way uh, from Motepoti, Dunedin. It is Monday the 18th of October uh, 2021 and it is 6.35pm. Uh, Thank you so much to everyone that's tuning in. It is MJ and Mella in the studio today. Um, and in case you didn't catch it in our uh, our Talanoa, when we uh, started the show today, um, we're basically going to uh, have have a very superficial, unpacked discussion about vaccinations just to kind of, um, I guess, signify and acknowledge the uh, period that we're about to hit with COVID-19 vaccination rollouts, uh, which is the period where, um, you know, there is going to begin to be a decline mm-hmm. of people who take in the vaccinations um, you know for for whatever reason mm-hmm. that they decide not to take the vaccination and I know that there's going to be a push so I think um, let's acknowledge that that had already kind of started right mm-hmm. um, because hence why all the incentives came out you know people are popping out KFC uh, $30,000 uh, technology prizes mm-hmm. Um, vouchers, supermarket vouchers and so, you know, let's talk about that and we're not saying that it's wrong, we're not saying it's right like, let's just talk about it because these let's incentives are mm. like ridiculous, let's be honest <laughs> let's tell let's know about this and let's acknowledge what's happening um, in the hopes that it creates more productive uh, discussions among our youth um, and then, you know, don't be surprised that when we follow on from here, it's not going to be like vaccination, vaccination or COVID-19, COVID-19 with the love in my show. But we will, um, I guess we will look to kind of lead the mm-hmm. space in having a courageous conversation, not just on the love in my show radio show, but like on our platform as well. Um, Facebook. Yeah. Um, and so let's start with uh, let's talk about the vaccinations, right? So vaccinations have come in. Uh, New Zealand has started off with the bio BioNTech uh, Pfizer mm-hmm. uh, vaccines, and that's what's been uh, rolled out in the country at the moment. Mela, just hearing the stuff that's been happening, like hearing the, through the spaces that. That you're in, yeah. Uh, what was the general acknowledgement or reception of the vaccine when it arrived in the spaces that you're in? In the spaces that I'm in, okay. Well, I'll talk about like in the spaces that I'm in, like here in Dunedin, because that's like more of the professional space or yep. like academic space. Yeah. The conversations have been somewhat positive like there's been a lot of curiosity around it there's been a lot of discussions about information about it the pros and cons of the vaccine um Mm -hmm. how it will over time affect how people interact pretty much and whether having the vaccine or or lack of having the vaccine will prevent you from certain opportunities which is going to be the case um but then also thinking about the conversations that I'm that I've had to have back home because I have like my family's pretty much split. Like you have the for, you have the against. But then that's also because of the information that they're receiving or the information that they're interpreting. Yeah. Which a lot of it is just like conspiracy theories from someone in the US that made a video that looks official. Mm. Which is like, oh, the most annoying thing. And then they take it like the Bible. I'm just like, sus. 
we have a bible already but yeah. like yeah so yeah conversations have been interesting the way in which the university is moving um especially the halls of residence yeah that's an interesting space in itself um, oh, really? i can't talk about it much but like yeah what do we what if you, i know you can't talk about it but what do what can we expect as students um while the university is pro vaccination so yeah. just yeah everything eventually is gonna become yeah like unless you have a medical exemption or there are sp- like very strong reasons against why you can't take the vaccine such as cultural reasons or faith reasons um yeah. the reasons that can be justified yeah um yeah otherwise okay Okay, let's uh, let's move to um, the approach, the mm-hmm. government approach to roll out the vaccinations. Oh right? my gosh! Let's uh, let's hmm. look at that. So less more of you yeah. know vaccinate or not. Let's look at the rollout of the vaccinations now. Um, they started with you know they had the order mm-hmm. of people that yep. were going to get it right. Mm-hmm. So my question is. The first group, the the um, the frontline workers, the essential workers, the ones on the borders, and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single one of them vaccinated. Well, had to vaccinate. Had to vaccinate mm-hmm. exactly, and then you come, and then you keep going to, and then you go to the vulnerable, mm-hmm. and then you go from, and then you started there with the age group. So that's when mm-hmm. it, it started drizzling down, and what I found interesting was there was no pacific specific mm-hmm. approach in the beginning yeah because we weren't relevant and yeah yeah mm, that, that's it yeah so yeah let's look at that we weren't relevant why do you think we weren't relevant i, I guess, mean i know it's not your job to answer <laughs> this should be for jacinda actually yeah, but, to answer but like considering we're a population that has its own ministry should speak volumes because yeah. we need that support exactly. in terms of progressive growth. Yeah. But, like, obviously, because we're also a minority, yeah. they were thinking, oh, the greater good of the people, majority. But that's where a lot of systems mess up. Yeah. Because when you forget about, about the minority and the minority comes together as a collective, yeah. they become the majority. Mm. So it's like, mm. Yeah. And... Do you know what was quite funny is that um, we went into lockdown and then the Pacific engagement started, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, that's when they, it, it was because of that Pacific cluster, mm-hmm. um, you know, not Pacific cluster, but it was the cluster that affected majority Pacific yeah. people. And the annoying thing is, is had they have had an, a Pacific incorporated approach mm-hmm. to the rollout to begin with, yeah. we could have potentially not ended up mm-hmm. in the position that yeah. our communities in are now in, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. So like with that approach, that I kind of I'm quite confused about because mm-hmm. if you look at the the approach, they're looking at it by population. Yeah. Population of vulnerability, population of like healthcare workers. But what they missed was the ethnic populations. Yeah. And also the like 
with a community that has unfortunately like crowded homes are like mm. just the norm we're also a community that's like right near the airport where all these cases are going to be coming into we're the community yep. and the population that work in those spaces in these mm. lower class jobs to support yep. others so yep. the fact that they missed that as a whole is like actually government what are you doing yeah Exactly. And so not just that, but like vulnerable. Mm-hmm. If you're speaking in terms of vulnerability mm-hmm. um, to COVID-19, like Pacific population should have been yeah. in that category, right? And you can't say that it was. Like you can't come out now and try cover yourself and say we were always part of the vulnerable because we had people, and we have evidence to back this up, we had people go to book their vaccinations mm-hmm. and were told they weren't eligible yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were turned away, right? Like if you're trying to be a good person and do your part and you get turned away, like... Okay, let, let me highlight something <laughs> to you. Let me highlight something to you. Yeah. Did you also realise that Pacific people only started being addressed when our Pacific countries closed their borders so our New Zealand people couldn't go on tourism, couldn't yeah. go on their holidays? Yeah. So they were like, oh man, maybe they don't have the infrastructure, so maybe we should yeah. think about our people too. Exactly. And so, you know... For me, like, I'm in Dunedin, right? I'm in Otago. Mm-hmm. I'm not nowhere near Auckland. I could go back and forth if I wanted, but, mm-hmm. like, my base is Dunedin. The, I was brought to the conversation about Pacific vaccinations and mm-hmm. the kaupapa because they needed to figure out a youth approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, they needed to be a youth approach. Now, this is what was quite funny. So... um with the group that I'm involved in, what we did was we developed a scoping review. Okay. Um, What's a scoping review? A scoping review is like research, but like a very informal um, data collection okay. um, type of way. So, I mean, you would have remembered that I sent out a survey to youth that I knew. Oh, yes. I remember that all my friends got annoyed that I sent it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. for, for and against. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was real vague, but it yeah. collected a lot of data. It's supposed to be vague because it was qualitative. Okay. It was a qualitative scoping review mm-hmm. um, because you don't, when it comes to an opinion about something like that, yeah. it's not um, It's not a quantitative thing. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, so we just wanted to know the stories and so on. So what happened was we put out the scoping review um and man, over a span of two days we managed to get eight hundred and sixty responses. Nice. Uh for Pacific across the border. Mm-hmm. And the fact that people were taking it not only shows the way that you should have approached mm-hmm. um Pacific populations, but also the people's willingness to voice to for their voice, right? Yeah. So I can just tell you on a very surface level that the answers that came through weren't one line answers. Yeah. People were going for gold mm-hmm. in this um in the answers I, to I this. also think it goes it speaks volumes as to who created the survey, um it not being like government led yep. because yep. it also felt like a safe space to just say what you want yep yep and you know i'm just gonna be I'll, I'll be outright honest here a lot of people are annoyed at me because i'm the one that holds the starter right <laughs> they, they, there's these people who are so annoyed at me because i hold the starter and they're trying their best to come up with all these ways because they asked for the data and me and my group were like nah mm-hmm. we're not we're not giving you the first data. of all that data like you, you put a lot of labor and work and skill into creating it so yep. if anyone were to ask for it surely they pay for it 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's that. There's Mm -hmm. that. Like, pay for it. But then the second thing is that um, this is community intelligence. And I am (laughs) sick and tired of um, providers, you know, coming, taking the community's uh, Mm -hmm. intel and then putting it on a bookshelf. Well, putting it on a bookshelf or going and pretending that it was their own ideas. Ah, okay. You know, and it's like, no, community needs to be acknowledged for what the effort that the community put in. Mm -hmm. And if I can tell that you're that type of person that won't acknowledge community, then you're not getting any of the kaupapa and stuff that I did. Anyways, did the scoping review. Man, so much coming through that. Mm -hmm. And um, to be honest, had pre-flagged a lot of spaces that I was in that you know Mm -hmm. a lot of things that are coming can't speak to it officially too much but like had flagged a lot of issues that were coming lack of trust Mm -hmm. misinformation lack of information government yeah well not just lack of information but like youth friendly youth friendly Mm -hmm. uh, distributions Mm -hmm. and presentations of the information and all of that stuff um, is starting to be approached now Mm -hmm. and my question is do we now need to look at another solution because is it too late to hit youth friendly now I don't think it's ever too late I feel like you if you mess up admit it yeah, and people will be more open to the idea of mm. hearing you. That's true. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's ever too late to provide proper information or initiatives that will benefit the community. Because let's be honest, like this virus isn't going anywhere anytime mm-hmm. soon. So if it means a later approach now, it also means better results for the future. Yeah. Which is what we want. So... I mean, totally agree. Never too late to do these things. My question is, is the approach going to work? That is, or is it too late for that approach and we need another approach? Or uh, like, not we, but like the people doing the vaccinations. I guess it also depends on the people doing the vaccinations. Are they, are they in touch with their communities? Do they know what their communities need? Hmm. Because, like, you can go out there and be like, yo, we have, like, 10K. Like, I saw some ad about um, a raffle. Like, if you go do your vaccinations at this one place, you get 5K. You go into the draw to win 5K. Yeah. Like. What? Wait, what? Yeah. Like, there's this place um, mm. in Auckland. And I'm just like, you could use that 5K for so much more. And, like, why are you incentivizing our lower socioeconomic communities, because let's be honest, that's where all this incentive stuff is happening. Yeah. With these like huge prizes, when you could use that 5K to create information, pamphlets, yeah. um, and advertisement, translate it into our community languages for that misinformation that's being distributed yeah. to be addressed. Yeah. So like cool like i want 10k i want a 3k flat screen tv but is that going to help our future generations i'm a bit skeptical literally i'll just give like that's a very good point i will give you an example of like one of the um, work that i do in the community there's um you know so i work with a lot of youth Mm -hmm. um and by youth i mean little kids right up to student aged whatever and then um one of the tasks was for I had a group of kids and I told them to come up with an 
like an idea to promote a topic that they're passionate about mm-hmm. and these kids picked racism. Ah. Um mm-hmm. and Interesting. What, and and the idea was a workshop, mm-hmm. a workshop around racism, right? And then I said, "Okay, um how much are people going to pay to come yeah. to your workshop?" Because the whole idea was to come up with an innovative idea, yes. right? And this kid said to me, no, it doesn't work like that. I have to pay them to come to my workshop. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what? And he goes, no, I, d- I have to pay them to come to my workshop, not mm-hmm. them pay me to, co- mm-hmm. to come to my workshop. And that is the moment that I realized that we, you know, the incentives is becoming an issue in our communities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we are now, are we now sending a message to our people that in order to... um participate mm-hmm. and become like act- active citizens yes. active citizenship mm-hmm. right that we need to pay them to yeah do we need to pay them to do something that like for our own people yeah. especially we've been doing for decades and centuries mm-hmm. for the betterment of the collective yeah no i'm just that's where I have an issue. Like, I understand that, like, you're, like, for example, if you're compensating people because during those hours they should be at work, which yeah. means they're coming out of, like, a paid job, then, yes, I think you should provide them with some incentive yeah. to, like, balance that out. But if it's, like, you need to pitch it in a different way mm. instead of, oh, just come, I'll give you a $100 um, food voucher for this. Like, yep. yes, our families need this. Mm. But the way in which you're advertising it and giving it to our people is honestly degrading. It is. It is very degrading. And it's, um, you know, as you can tell, like, this is just two of us, Mela and MJ, talking about our opinions of, on on. St- just the way everything is unfolding and stuff and if that's just us two then imagine like what a whole lot of other people are thinking around the uh, country Mm -hmm. not not devaluing any sort of work that everyone's doing we acknowledge everyone's doing their part team of five million woohoo um (laughs) let's you know let's beat this but um at the same time you know it's always good to know to hold people accountable almost definitely um and so i think for now we can rest that conversation until we can um probably invite more people to come to the table and share their views around this because you know we don't represent our whole community but it is something that we want to encourage uh talanoa um in a very safe space mm-hmm can say 100% your full um, opinion and not feel like anyone's going to judge you and so on. So um, in saying that, we are coming up close to the end of our show for this evening. We apologize that we did tune in late uh, today, but we were just trying to uh, amp up our technical skills <laughs> out here. As you can see, Mela and I um, have swapped spaces because there was something. I feel so good sitting on this side, guys. You have no you know, I was trying idea. to experiment, <laughs> and then when we had to start the show, that's when I realized we complete. If you sit on this side, you're going to control the whole mm-hmm. thing. And so, anyway, shot Mela for letting me overtake this side. Oh, anytime. You can um, take a next show, too. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to tune in. Um, online with Mm -hmm. a lot of these conversations and you know it's not just about COVID-19 let's have other conversations because let's face it the youth are like whatever also life goes on 
move on. Like we need to live the with next, this. What's the next issue? What's the next virus? What's the next virus uh, that we are going to um, talk about? Uh, but in saying that, there have been a lot of things, and I don't know if you've acknowledged it, but because I am um, have. Come back on the show. I do want to acknowledge it and give a shout out to uh, all our Tongan student leaders that are out there. Oh my gosh, well um, done. Yeah, you guys amazing. have done amazing. Like the we Tongan see students you. have, mm-hmm. um, you know, you guys have done extremely well this year and we are also set up and good to go next year. So I just want to give a huge shout out to our girl, Melissa Lama, mm-hmm. who has, will be the president of the Ooh. Otago uni students association uh next year that you know pretty much that girl's going to be sitting at university council mm-hmm. um you know <laughs> just kidding don't get triggered um she'll be sitting at university council and then our new pacific island student president for 2022 oh i'm so proud of this girl congratulations mm-hmm. um and then also to the vp tonga now uh, congratulations, you know, our Tongans are okay, doing so Okay, but first well. of all, like, I love all these people, right? They're like my close friends. But please, can we, like, acknowledge Xiao Sififita, the new Otta president for 2022? Oh, um, I was like, getting there. Mm, thank you. I was you. getting there. <laughs> um, so, yes, Otsa, the Otago Tongan students have officially done the AGM. Mm-hmm. And the new president, Xiao Sififita, as well as the new VP, uh, Felipe Schaaf mm-hmm. um, congratulations to you guys and I do want to say that uh, Siasi is actually the first male president of Otsa ever really ever ever well, really? ever oh, like well, since re-established, re-established. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, not even, let's face it. We're not going to ever count anything before that because <laughs> okay. they didn't even know how to keep paperwork. Okay, fair um, enough. Mm-hmm. But yes, first male president mm-hmm. on the tenth year anniversary oh, of Otsa. Uh, congratulations to all of you guys. Really proud. Uh, watching you all from arm's length. Mm-hmm. Um, and can't wait to see what the new year has for us. Uh, it is now six fifty-six, and we need to tune out. Thank you so much for tuning into the love in my show on otago access radio 105.4 fm all the way from dunedin uh you were listening to mjn mela malo alpito to ofato this podcast was produced by or fm dunedin with support from new zealand on the air